Mood.tv I was just going to say, I have a, a new relationship goal happening tonight, probably. It's like the next evolution in my relationship. You know, we started with the marriage, then we did the baby, and tonight I'm going to venture into letting my wife cut my hair. Ooh. Oh. That's a, that's a nice trust experiment. It is. I mean, thankfully, I don't care that much about my hair. You know, it's hair. It grows back. If you want to give your wife confidence, the first thing to not say is like, I don't even really care about it, so I don't mind. You just, you just, I, I don't even think you're going to do a good job, and I don't even care. First thing I'm doing is giving her a glass of wine. I figure that might might make it fun. Welcome to another edition of Let Me Ask You a Question. We are joined today by myself, producer EJ5000, our co-host, The Greg Man. Woo! Coming from you, from the, I don't think it's the Dirty South. I don't think Texas is considered the Dirty South. It's just Texas. Dirty Southwest, maybe. Dirty Southwest, Dirty Central South. Maybe the Dusty South. (laughs) (laughs) And as you may or may not recognize his voice, if you're a longtime listener, but friend of the show, podcast extraordinaire, amazing musician, and amazing guy, Sean Arajo, welcome back to the show. Hey, hey, thanks so much for having me. No, no, thanks for being here. It's, it's been a couple weeks. We've been catching up about all sorts of things, quarantine, if you haven't been listening to our prior conversation because I didn't put it in here. And uh, it's just good to catch up with friends. Indeed. And so we're going to do something a little different again on this very first 188th episode of Let Me Ask You a Question. And we're going to have Sean ask the question. So I'm going to, this is sort of a, I, I kind of a narcissistic, a little bit of a self-serving question that we're going to be talking about, but... <laughs> I, you know, as a musician, I wanted to come in with some sort of music-related topic. I wasn't expecting to be on the show. I just kind of wanted to hear you guys talk about this, but whatever, I'll, I'll bring it up. Um, and then I've got a, I've got a second aspect to it that we'll talk about that hopefully you haven't talked about before. It's something that I feel like should have come up on your show before, but it, it probably hasn't. What do you think it is about musicians that makes them slash us so attractive to other people? Is it actually the music? Is it the sensitive artist thing? Do they assume we're really good with our fingers and or lips? Is it something else entirely? I don't think it's the fame because it seems to apply to non-famous musicians too. Well, this actually got me thinking about a lot of different things because I think this question is more complicated than it seems. We're talking about attraction, of course, but we're also talking about current culture and what attractive is and how we get there. And I think as Americans, we have a really, art, artif- not artificial, but art- artifice version of what is attractive, which means appearance. Like we celebrate pure looks. But if you look to a lot of even Eastern European countries today, or even Middle East countries today, attraction isn't always based on the physical. It's based upon, I think, a lot of the things that musicians exhibit, which is could be safety or emotion and or talent. So I think there's a lot to do with that. I think confidence has a big part of it as well, just to like have the attitude that you're good enough to go on stage and have people listen to you. You've already got a certain level that maybe some other people don't have. Yeah, or the appearance of of that, because I think, yeah, true. You know, there's so many shy musicians. I I feel like I'm very shy in my personal life, though this show wouldn't exhibit that. But whenever (laughs) I'm on stage, there's different rules. And so I have confidence because I'm up there, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Everybody else is down there doing what they're supposed to do. So I have probably an appearance of confidence that would come across differently. But I was also thinking about it in like a historical context. Like before the photograph, 
would we know what attractive is if we weren't looking at paintings? And if we look at any of these paintings of the elite, the people that there are paintings of, they all look like wet pillows and and inbred people. <laughs> so were they considered attractive then? And was there a same level of attraction based upon looks back then? Or was it all this confidence-based, talent-based attraction that we are assuming, I think, collectively that musicians have? Yeah, I think that's interesting. I'm going to go ahead and ask the second aspect of my question because it kind of deals with the history a little bit too. And I'm I'm a little bit sorry that Anthony's not on this episode because I'm curious to what he what he would say too. I'm not. It's <laughs> <laughs> fine. So anyway, my second aspect is like, what instrument do you think throughout history has gotten people laid the most? Mm-hmm. Because I think like you might, you know, you might pop into your head guitar right away, electric guitar, sure. But like that hasn't been around that long. Well, I was going to say, if you if you can go to guitar, can you also then kind of, if you're going back, and I'm not saying specifically electric because I feel like acoustic has a very big for sure. pull in there as well. But can then can you go back to like the lute and things like that of like, you know, which could arguably be what led there? Absolutely. But I think those are two separate things. So I, it's, it's hard to judge. We'll probably never know. We know. Well, if you're going pure percentage wise, if you're going pure numbers... Yeah, electric guitar for sure, because every fucking person on the planet plays electric guitar now, and all those dudes are getting laid. So if we're going with that, yes. But what about, like, piano? Well, in a historical context, if we're if we're talking about, like, through history, how long, yeah, I would think that piano is probably really up there, because piano was the one-man band for the longest time. That's true. But, you know, again, with now once you hit 1920, 1950, now that there's electric guitars, that that's an explosion. So those numbers really muddy the waters. But, yeah, I would think that piano is probably one of the top ones. Although, if you consider voice an instrument, that might outstrip piano even. So in a true Anthony fashion, I'll just say no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> voice should not count then. Well, which which makes like the the history of singing and music in general like it's it's widely believed that singing is kind of a tangential way of storytelling, because if we look in mammals that do sing and even birds, they sing for a very specific reason, and it's quote unquote singing. You know, it's communication. So like whales have a whale song, and birds have certain calls and whatnot. And I would imagine that singing for us was out of storytelling. And so it was a way for both history and it was a, both a way to, to show off. And so the person who would be singing, the person that would be performing would probably come across as more confident because that's their job to do the things that would be more vocal, uh, pun intended, or more uh, public. So I could see vocals, yeah, for sure. You know, the singer, the singer was probably the storyteller. Mm. Yeah, I think that's that is applicable to a lot of cultures. But then there are probably some others that are a lot more collective, and maybe they they didn't have the idea of a soloist hmm. everywhere. It was just more group singing. So sure, maybe they're all just fucking each other. <laughs> probably. Let's hope. But that could also increase the numbers. True. You know, once you get combinations and different mm-hmm. combinations, and then you know you're going, you're blowing up into a whole different set of mathematics. Yeah. And I was also actually thinking recently about what music is and and what I consider music. And I think is maybe a lot more broad than what other people, how other people would define it. But like I was thinking about how much I love podcasts and how much I love music and how much I love podcasts more than music sometimes, but not always. (laughs) I mean, I was thinking like, why isn't a podcast considered music? 
And why isn't speech considered music? And then by my definition, I think it kind of is. What is your definition then? I'm curious. My definition of music, <laughs> I, I, stand, I stand by the definition that I learned in high school from Lisa Wong, who at the time was Lisa Yozviak. You probably know her as well. She told us in Music Fundamentals class that music is the organization of sound and silence. Hmm. And I was like, yeah, that's it. Because like, there, what else is it? How else could you define it? For, for sure. The way that you have pregnant pauses or you don't have pregnant pauses and the way that we inflect our voice, which made me instantly think when you said that too, uh, culturally about the different types of languages because we have tonal versus atonal languages. We are mm-hmm. either blessed or cursed with having a non-tonal language. So I think that we can play a lot more with our tone when we talk, which I'm very conscious of because I'm always trying to be a performer because that is where I feel most comfortable. Whenever I I'm having a one-to-one in a non-performance situation. It's probably one of the most shy. So talking on a podcast, well, you guys are my buddies, so it's a little different. But but talking on a podcast or somewhere where it's more performative, I definitely try to make my voice more colorful. I try to have highs and lows because it's boring if we're talking all monotone, which in a song would be more boring for a monotone unless you're into bands like Sun or something like that. But anyway, <laughs> but then also I think it's super interesting too that we have tonal languages. And so I wonder if they feel the same way that you, that the three of us would feel about conversations because whenever a word is directly changed by the tone, does the song change? Does the meaning of the song change? And is there like a tonal beauty? If I'm talking to you in a major scale as opposed to a minor scale, even subconsciously, do you enjoy it more than whenever someone who's with a tonal language is just trying to say something beautiful, but maybe it happens to be in a minor scale? I never even thought about that. Man, you guys are too deep for me. <laughs> But I like it. I like listen. I like listening to your vocal music happening right now. A, a lot of Eastern languages are tonal. Uh, mm. Asian Eastern languages are tonal, and so that would mean again that like if you said the same word three different inflections, yes, 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 those would mean literally three different, three different things. things yeah. And so those people happen to exhibit perfect pitch. I think it's like seventy-five to eighty percent of the time. Yeah, it's a much higher rate than than us. I don't know what it is, but as in like as where the West has like thirty percent or something or twenty, it's probably lower than way that. Way less, way less. I think. So that's yeah. just that always blows my mind every day. Where it seems like a superpower for the West, and on the right, it's like that's how we talk. <laughs> You know, so yeah. that, that so communication, I wonder if that helps with communication because so many, every single issue, it seems, in any relationship is communication, misunderstanding. Yeah, I think to even like broaden this discussion a little bit, I think about accents all the fucking time. And like, why do we decide, why did we decide to speak the way, why do we decide to speak the way we do? I mean, it has a huge part, a huge part of it is how we were raised and how we learned to talk. But like, why do some of us say our R's and not others? Like, British accents kill me because they only say their R's when they're like not supposed to. (laughs) There was, what was it? We were watching like a baking show or something. And I remember there was a couple called Anna and Andy and the the host was British and she kept calling them Anna and Andy. (laughs) There was no R's in there. And normally you don't say your R's and now you don't need to. And you got one in there and it's just (laughs) baffling to me. And I mean, I don't mean to like pick on the British, but. And animals have accents too, they say. That's crazy. Which is extremely interesting because they said they found it in ducks. Really? And they found it in dogs. 
and I know our ears aren't capable of hearing the differences from a quack from a quack, but the fact that even animals have accents based on region is means that there's something going on there. Like maybe they are a way for us to realize uh, where you're from, maybe in some sort of weird evolutionary way, or maybe not. So do you think that has value in society? <laughs> in current society. It's really easy to judge someone when they have an accent. And right. if like they said, not for nothing, you're like, <laughs> oh, you're from New York. You probably didn't go to college or I'm from Arkansas or whatever. Again, we, we, we seem to judge people that have accents more than people that have a, a, a neutral accent now. Though I think probably in the 1920s, whenever the radio and television was invented, everybody had the quote-unquote Manhattan accent, which mm-hmm. doesn't exist at all. That rich person accent. But yeah, see? The ha cha 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 accent. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> which was the epitome of intelligence at the time, which is crazy. For sure. Um, so I think like current culturally, accents are not always looked upon, at least American accents, in the highest value. But like, if you listen to a British person, even if they're like got a Cockney accent, you're like... That guy's smart. I mean, where they're like, ah, oh, gaba 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 gaba. And you're like, wow. Oh. Yeah, I hate listening to an audiobook if the narrator's not British. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I, it's I, interesting. I agree. Like, why could you not get a British dude? Except uh, Will Wheaton. I don't mind Will Wheaton. Then there's like the Imperial Indian accent. So you'll like listen to a person from India, and then you'll listen to someone who has the Imperial English Indian accent. So you can hear that they have not only an Indian accent, but then an English accent. It's just so interesting the the different layers of accents on top of accents and how they can they they immediately influence you they either consciously or subconsciously. I knew a Jamaican British guy in Brooklyn and that was quite fun to have conversations with him. But like they said, like the layers of it and it is it's 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 I mean it's I guess like you said it's it it really is a way of identifying where somebody's from very quickly even within you know from the grand to the microscope kind of view of it. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And unfortunately, it seems like. I, and correct me if you guys think I'm wrong. It's just most accents seem immediately to be less intelligent, which I think is a, a fallacy. I don't think it's correct, but I think it's a thing where you're like, someone's like, hey, y'all. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. They can go to Harvard and have a law degree, but if you're like, hey, y'all. <laughs> For sure. I mean, I think the yeah. Southern one especially or any any sort of like backwoods kind of mountain <laughs> drawl or anything I think I guess probably anything associated with like extremely poor people. Yeah, which yep. sucks to say, but that's what it, probably where the stigma comes from. Which is why Goodwill Hunting is such a clutch movie. <laughs> I actually never <laughs> never seen Goodwill Hunting. That's a really, really? good one. But oh, he pocked his car in Harvard Yard, but he was like a brain mathematician. He was like wicked smart. <laughs> How do you like them apples? Well, I think on that note, we're going to take a small break. Think about what you think about music, about musicians, about language. And on the break, listen to music featuring host Anthony on Sean and Dave Make Music with their wonderful mouth noise opus. Please enjoy. Mmm. Mm. 
And we're back from that wonderful break. Thanks for staying tuned, everybody. We are talking about musicians. We sexy AF, right? Oh, yeah. Why is that? Music. We all do that. Why? <sighs> Sean, what are your thoughts? Where, where are you going with this? I think it's a big combination of things. I mean, I think... I, I mean, I think part of it is, is like, music is a little bit sexual. And uh, if you can compose a symphony... Imagine what you can do in bed. If you can play a symphony, imagine what you can do in bed. So I think that's a little bit of it, but probably not the most part. Not the biggest part. Um, but yeah, I think I think a big part of it is the appearance of confidence and just like putting yourself out there musically probably is going to make you more likely to put yourself out there romantically. I have one more aspect too if you want me to throw one more thing out there. Nah. <laughs> no, of course, please. <laughs> so let's say the uh, hot cha 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 demon comes up, big sound effect, whatever, and he says, uh, "I'll grant you any musical ability you want. You can master any instrument. All you have to do is maybe I don't know, suck my demon dick or something." <laughs> and then uh, I'm trying to make it a little, keep it a little raunchy here, fill fill Anthony's shoes, <laughs> uh, and and you can be the best in the world at any instrument. What instrument do you think you would choose? Hmm. I'm going to think about that. I'll just jump in real quick with the, the I, I agree with your confidence on, on the musician. Um, I also think, I think that a big part of it comes from preconceived notions of what people think of musicians. So like, like I, like I said earlier, it might not be the fame. Um, but I think because there are so many famous people and so many famous musicians and people really know them that there's preconceived notions. And I, I think that because of, um, my old college roommate, who will remain nameless. He was, he was a, a, a quality guitarist. He really was. And I have no qualms with saying that. And this probably comes off with a little bit of like a little bit of jealousy, mm-hmm. but he used to always be able to like pull the girls, but he couldn't keep one because once they knew him, <laughs> <laughs> they were, they were out, but it was like that, that allure. And that I, th- I, I feel that preconceived notion that kind of was, you know, it was just so easy to, Bring bring them bring them in. Get mm. the introduction. Get that going. I mean, I can't. We used to make fun of them because it was always, "Oh, you want to come back to my room and, and hear me play guitar?" <laughs> and like we're like eight, like eighty percent of the time it worked. But wow. after that, the, you know, nobody wanted to stick around once you knew them. Kind of. Yeah. Which again, I I kind of feel bad about saying, but I also kind of don't. Because <laughs> um, I mean, it's true. You know, it's true. But uh, yes, yeah, so I I think there's a lot that goes into just kind of the the mystique. Of being a musician. Yeah, I think that makes sense too. The mystique is a good word. Like it just kind of being able to tap into your emotions differently than other people or yeah. tap into that sort of flow state where you're kind of channeling something otherworldly if you're that good of a performer. Because I also feel like there's so many people who like can channel that for their music but are not at all like that in real life, yeah. which is almost like I think, again, the, the mystique is, is like what allows them to do that and then all of a sudden... You're like, oh, but you're just you're just a huge tool who happens to like know how to compose and write something that either feels like it has a lot of meaning or maybe at some point it had a lot of meaning to you. But, you know, it, it's hard to associate that like when you get to know that person or whatever. So and you're speaking directly to Anthony at this point, right? At this point, yeah, that, that, that is that is exactly I don't know why I'm friends with Anthony, but there's something about it. Yeah. That just it just draws me back in. You know, he plays his carnival tunes on his upright piano, and I'm just like, ah. Can't resist. <laughs> as far as the instrument goes, I, I'm like proficient at most instruments. I'm not great, but I think 
if I want to be a great songwriter, which I still strive to be and will always, I think piano is the strongest tool and it translates to every other instrument the most. The only other instrument that I would want to be great at because I'm already okay at piano would be the drums. I'm good at the drums, but to be great at the drums, it's like, it's just mind boggling when people are really, really good at the drums. But how do they fucking remember all those notes? Like some drum parts are so intricate. They, oh, you're like, being serious. I thought you were I'm serious. <laughs> no, like no, like like I, I, I'm a very okay drummer. And and but like the worst thing for me is like remembering exactly how the fills fit together and like some of the drummers I listen to have just played with so much detail and variation and I'm like I, I don't I couldn't even remember that part, let alone play it. And then add performance on top, because then there's people that cause YouTube drumming is a thing if people aren't aware. Just like For sure. look up YouTube drummers and that'll make yourself feel bad. It <laughs> makes you feel real bad. Yeah. <laughs> but I think piano would be the 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 best instrument to be a great musician, composer, and everything. And you could figure everything else out from there. I hate to say it, but I probably agree. Yeah. I, I begrudging I kinda hate the piano because it's so so hard and so like common. And and that's another one. I mean, there are kids who are three who will be so much better who are so much better at the piano right now than I will ever be in my life and that's that's depressing so I'd probably pick piano too I think I'll just go with drums because I've always wanted to be a drummer and I'm so terrible at it I never obviously never put the time into it to be better but although I agree with your piano sentiments I still think drumming drumming just it's just cool I don't think there's any more fun instrument to play than the drums no it's awesome yeah it's physical and it's varied you're not hitting the same you're not playing the same instrument all the time during one song. Mm-hmm. And like the stress involved with drumming should be way more than it is because you're really, if you're just like a foot on the floor drummer, you're just keeping the beat and everybody's playing to you. But most of the time, that's not how drumming goes. There's usually one less competent person in the band than you by a lot. And you're always trying to make sure that they're safe in their position and you're keeping the band together. And if it's the bass player, it's usually the worst experience you'll have other than playing the keyboards anytime because mm. the piano is so difficult. <laughs> it is so stressful. Yeah. You're playing bass, you miss like seven notes. Nobody notices. You're playing guitar. People are like, yeah, dude, it doesn't even matter. But you have piano, you have 10 opportunities to hit a wrong note. Not to mention they're like, oh, you used the wrong patch on that song. And you're like, we used to call them sounds. Now you're calling them patches. Now I got to get a dictionary just to be able to play this instrument. <laughs> yeah, I used to be I used to be in like a, an indie folk band uh, that I played the drums in, and that was the only band I ever really had experience drumming in. But it was a lot of pressure, and and I de- I never like got to the point where I felt comfortable enough to like really really have as much fun at a show as I wanted to, because it was I was always just like a little bit stressed about fucking up, and I and I was like one of the more experienced musicians. Certainly, I think one of the more trained musicians in the band. But I was also playing like one of the instruments that I'm. Worst at? Not worst at, but one of the instruments that I actually play in front of people that I'm worst at, I guess. Uh, so it was always a little bit tense. So you got laid all the time. Back to our question. <laughs> uh, I was, yeah, I was, I was married throughout the entire experience. So yeah, I did, but not because of the drumming. Despite the drumming, for sure. Nice. <laughs> well, guys, I don't know if we got there, but we definitely talked about it a lot, and I think we musicians get laid. We're not quite, we're not really sure why. Confidence. I think that's a big one. 
I'll be honest. I didn't really think there was going to be a definitive answer to this one. So yeah, I just I think the answer is too broad. I think it's so many things that that go into it. So there is no one answer for this question. True. Yeah, I agree. Feign confidence. So I think it has a lot to do with it. I think Greg, your point too of a uh, of a. Uh, Association. Mm-hmm. We, we just associate them because of either pop culture or just culturally within the last hundred years. We're like, hey, they get down, so they must get down. And also, as musicians, I mean, I don't know a single person that's never picked up a guitar and been like, this might help me with the girls and or boys. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think it all plays into itself. What do you guys think? I mean, I'll throw this one in there, too, though. That's just it's talent, you know, talent to some people is extremely attractive, too. So, like, whether you're an athlete or anything else that requires talent and then obviously you throw a musician in there there's a lot of talent that that is required to to achieve those things and there's work but even that work leads to what makes you talented and i think that's also something that people look at so like i said there's just a ton of different things that go into it that all whether you know depending on the people you can pick whatever portion of of those things that they enjoy but there's just that it all goes in to the mystique mystique yeah that's another that's another interesting point i know we're wrapping up but like just even having the commitment to be able to master an instrument mm-hmm. tells you something about a person. Hmm, commitment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Commitment, that's an interesting, yeah. Shows that you're willing to put in the time to something that you care about. Ah, I wonder, wonder how much that plays into it, subconscious mm. or consciously. I like it. That's probably yeah. it, too. There's a lot of subconscious that you don't even realize, and it just it is. It's all good. Yeah. So go be a musician, everybody. That's, that's the moral of this question. <laughs> and here's the good news. If you have a podcast, you already are, because let's let's call that music. <laughs> because Elisa said so. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I think we, we got some sort of conclusion here. A great discussion, if nothing else, on this episode. Let me ask you a question. And Anthony wasn't here. Anthony wasn't here. Two weeks in a row, man. We miss you, but... <laughs> next time you next time you have me back, we'll, he'll be on, and you can ask me something silly or gross instead. <laughs> <laughs> Probably gross. I want to have one where we get wasted like the last time you guys recorded together that I wasn't on because that sounded like a lot of fun. I wasn't wasted that time, but I'll join you next time, maybe. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say, I know Eric was wasted when you guys talked. Oh, boy. There was a weird era where they had these. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's hard to stay sober during quarantine. Oh, uh, yeah. Sean, let's start with you. What, what, what would you like to plug and where can people find you? Uh, well, first and foremost, I'd like to plug my website, which has been recently redesigned. Um, SeanArajo.com, S-E-A-N-A-R-A-W-J-O.com or post the link that EJ is, I'm sure, going to include. Um, I've got more information about um, myself. I think it's a better, much better representation of myself than what I had out there online, so now I'm not afraid to share it. Uh, there are some clips from some podcasts that I've been featured on, uh, and or my music has been featured on, like the Todd Glass Show, and How Did This Get Made, and the Dollop England and UK. Um, and so I've got some of that stuff, and I'm also now pushing my private lessons. I teach the flute and the saxophone and clarinet online. So if you if you want to become a better musician. And, uh, you know, attract more people, let me know, and uh, I can teach you some stuff. It's got the tools. Indeed. And I've got two podcasts, uh, Not Movies, which uh, EJ has been a guest on, but Greg has not yet. So maybe we'll maybe we'll get you in there soon. Yeah. Um, and Sean and Dave Make Music, which we haven't posted in a little while, but we've got two episodes in the works. So we'll be posting some of those pretty soon. Absolutely excellent. Yeah, please finish those out. We will include links if you are a listener. So 
that segues right into follow us uh, at Lemayak Pod on Instagram and Twitter. You can email us at Let Me Ask You a Question Podcast at gmail.com, which is what Sean did. Indeed, I did. Mm-hmm. And it got me on the show. He's on the show, so you can do the same. Also, find us on moot.tv. Yes, it's a website. Put that in your browser. You'll see all our episodes there. And while you're there, you can go to our store, buy some cool swag, or click on the donation button there, and you can donate to us. But it's it's weird time. So, you know, if you have money that needs to be spent elsewhere, uh, I'll allow you to spend it elsewhere. <laughs> it's good, good that you're giving them an out. <laughs> a lot of people felt obligated. <laughs> But seriously, feel obligated to donate to us. <laughs> you can find me personally at either We Are All Spies or EJ Nikoski on all social media. Gregaman, how about you? I'm just at the Gregaman on all things, just like the Mega Man without the dashes. And the the is there. But yeah, my, my daughter turned one, so there's lots of pictures of that. Nice. That's awesome. Happy birthday, Ruby. This will be my birthday episode, too, so I'm going to say happy birthday oh, yeah. to myself. Happy birthday, happy birthday, EJ. I will be 67 years old after this 67? So I feel perfect. As I feel like I'm going to be 67, ready for a midlife crisis. Do you get to retire? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. I'm an oh, artist, yeah. musician, so right. we never retire. No 401k in that. But uh, thanks again to everybody for listening. Please stay safe. Please stay sane. Please stay sexy. <laughs> uh, and uh, love you. I love all. that new sign off. And, uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Write that one down. That's we're using that forever. Yes. Yeah, and listen to us next week on Let Me Ask You a Question. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>